Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. But today we're going to be talking about how to get hungry for God. Right? We've been talking about are you hungry for God? Right? That, that was our first week going through those questions. You know, what do you think about? What do you talk about? What do you meditate on? Wait, that's the same thing as think about. What do you, uh, what do you spend your time doing? What do you spend your money doing? Right? We, we went through those questions. And those questions kind of help us to identify what actually am I hungry for, right? Last week we were talking about the benefits of hunger, right? We were talking about how when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be satisfied, right? There's a satisfaction that comes when we seek him first, right? When we seek him first, life is just good. (laughs) Let's be real. Now, does that mean that we're not going to face opposition? No. When you hunger after God, it brings other people to a decision point. And there's some people that don't want to make a decision after God, right? So when you hunger after him, it's going to help them recognize that they're not as hungry as they should be. So there are, there, there are praise God, there are consequences to hungering after God. But, but the blessings of it far outweigh those things. So today I'm going to actually s- give you seven keys on how to get hungry for God. And, and I, I believe... I believe it's probably going to be more of a teaching, but we'll see what the Holy Ghost does, right? Seven keys on how to get hungry for God. How many of you want to get hungrier for God? How many of you recognize, I need to get hungry, hungrier, right? When I, when I moved here, and recognize, I, I moved here, we're coming up on three years ago, right? Not too long ago, you know, but, uh, but also, like, it's been three years. That's crazy, right? But when I moved here, like, the Lord led us, Serene and I, to move here to Boomerang Church, right? We were, we were in the Pittsburgh area. God told me to step down from my job, and so I did without even really knowing that Boomerang Church existed. I didn't even know Albemarle existed. Didn't know Pastor Brian existed. Didn't know any of that. Didn't know none of y'all existed. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know that any of you guys existed. But the Lord told me, hey, I want you to quit your job. So I, at the end of 2019, uh, January 31st, or December 31st, was our last day at, at you know, at, at our last job, you know, at, at our last church. And so now I'm entering into to January 2020, uh, you know, right when all of COVID started happening, having no idea what's going to happen, where, where God's leading me, but I'm like, God, I trust you. I'm going to paraphrase the story significantly, but then the Lord eventually made some connections, and I got to meet Pastor Brian. Came, we came down for kickstart. And then we knew the Lord's leading us to move here, right? Now, there was no job here for me, right? There was no job. It's not like they said, hey, come down. We'll, we'll pay for you, to, for you to, to come. No, like there was really no invitation. It was just God, God said it. All right, we need to be obedient. So I came, sowed my, my time into the church, right? There's no salary or anything like that because, again, the church didn't ask me to come. No one asked me to come, right? How, like how dumb would it be for me to just show up and be like, hey, you should pay me? Like that, that's not right. I was just being obedient to God, and I was trusting that he would, would supply all my needs. I didn't take a second job. I wasn't on un- unemployment because the Lord didn't tell me to do any of those things. Now, all those things, like, that's a step of faith, right? Or at least I believed it was, and it, and it was. But uh, shortly after I was here, pastor came to me, and he said, you need to get hungry. So I thought I was hungry, <laughs> right? I, like, like, what person who's not hungry would, would do the things that we've done, right? I was looking more on my works and the things that I've done. That doesn't mean I'm hungry. Just because you do good things doesn't make you hungry for God, right? He said, you need to get hungry. And I'm like, oh, okay. How? <laughs> you know? 
how do I get hungry? Like, we, we've been talking about hunger for the last two weeks, and it can, like, really stir up some, some yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right, buddy. I, I really do need to get hungrier. But how? <laughs> right? That, that's a question that I've asked a lot, right? How? How do I get hungry? What do I do to get hungry? And pastor actually sent me these seven points. So I take no credit for any of the things that I'm about to give you because because they're, they're all from Pastor Brian, all right? But, um, but key number one, or step number one, how to get hungry for God. Ask God to help move you to a place of hunger. Did you, did you get to Matthew chapter 5 yet? What does Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 say? It's been our key verse. Can someone read it to me? Go, go ahead. Matthew 5 verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, now here's this. If I'm hungry for something, I can ask God to help me, right? If I want to hunger after something, but I, but I recognize, you know what, I haven't been hungry like I should be, I can ask God. You can ask God, and it will help you, right? God is a good helper. I'm going to say that again. He's a good helper. Doesn't the Bible say he's an ever-present help in time of need? So if I need help getting to a place of hunger, I can ask God, and it will help me. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and he'll give it to you freely without rebuke, right? So if I, if I need to get to a place of hunger, or if I see anything in Scripture that I see I need to adopt for myself, but I don't know how to get there, guess what you can do? You can ask God. Oh, praise God. And, and here's the beauty of it. His word is clear that he'll help you, and he'll give you wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask. He'll give it to you. That's literally what James 1, 5 says. What, what a simple thing. Why, do, why, why does it sometimes feel complicated? Right? Sometimes, I don't know what to do. Ask God. Be led. Anytime, anytime someone says, I don't know what to do, I, like I pray that I'm wearing this, this hoodie at that time. Be led. Be led. Right? I don't know what to do. Be led. <laughs> right? Ask God. He'll help you. When you ask God, he's going to give you the wisdom. His word is very clear on it. You ask, he'll give it to you, and he won't rebuke you for asking, right? Sometimes we're like, well, I don't, you know, th- should I ask God? Uh, I don't want him to be upset because I don't know what to do. No, he's, he won't rebuke you. He's not angry. He's desiring for you to hunger after him. So why don't you ask him? He's not going to be upset about it. He's going to be happy about it, and then he's going to give you the wisdom that you're asking for. The only thing that we need to make sure we're doing is we need to make sure that we're not actually doubting whether or not we're going to hear from him or not, right? Because James 1, 6, the verse right after that says, but when you ask, believe and don't doubt, right? Because paraphrasing it, he said, because if you doubt, you shouldn't expect to receive from the Lord, right? Because pe- that, what's that? Well, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God. We'll see if he answers. Is that faith? Is that believing that he's going to answer you? No. Because James, James says, uh, if you doubt, you're like a double-minded person, right? What's double-minded mean? It means, well, he might answer, but he, not, he might not answer. That, that, that's double-minded, right? There's, there's two options out of it. No, I should, if, if I read James chapter 1, verse 5, and it says, you ask and he'll give it to you, I should believe that he'll give me wisdom and that there's no other option because his word says it. And, and does this book lie? Does his word lie? No. So if he, if he says, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you, then if you ask him for wisdom, what do you think he's going to do? He'll, he'll give it to you, right? He'll give it to you. He wants you to hunger after him. He wants you to hunger more than you want to hunger. So if you ask him, he'll help you. Ask God 
to help lead you to that place of hunger. Now recognize this. It's not God's responsibility for you to hunger after him. It's your responsibility. But you can ask him for help. You hear that? It's not God's responsibility to just zap you with hunger. How, you know, I would prefer that. I would prefer, like, for me not to really have to do anything, but for God to just zap me with hunger and all of a sudden, oh, man, yeah, I'm sold out for you, Jesus. Right? I would love for that. That would be so much easier for me. But the thing is, that takes no responsibility on my part. Right? That takes no responsibility. And, and does God want us to be responsible? <laughs> he wants us to be responsible, right? And also, at the same time, God, God is not one to force himself on people. He doesn't force himself on anybody. He doesn't. He do, uh, I think we said this last week. God doesn't move by your need. He moves by your faith, right? God doesn't move by my need. He moves by my faith. Because just because I have a need doesn't mean that I'm actually allowing him in to help me with that need. I need to have faith because my faith actually opens the pathway for God to be able to enter in and help me. I need to believe. God, when I ask you to help me, lead me to that place of hunger, I need to believe that he's going to help me. Because if I don't believe he's going to help me, I'm not actually opening that doorway for him to help me. Right? I need. See, when Jesus went to his own hometown, why could he do no mighty miracles? Was it because he didn't want to? No, it's because they didn't have faith. They didn't actually believe in him. They didn't believe he could. And the Bible says Jesus could do no mighty miracles there. doesn't say he didn't. It said he could not. Did he want to? Absolutely. But he couldn't. Why? Because they didn't have faith. They didn't believe in him. They didn't believe that he could. So it's not God's responsibility to force hunger on me. It's my responsibility to choose to hunger after him. But I can ask him for help. I can ask him to help me get to that place of hunger. And he'll help me. He will help you if you ask him for help. He will. You just got to believe that he'll help. He wants to help you. So number one, ask God to help move you to hunger. Number two, recognize your need for hunger. Recognize your need for hunger. Now, that's basically what we've been doing the last two weeks, right? Like, I've been, I've been trying to kind of stir up and help you guys recognize you need to be hungry, right? There's benefits to hunger. If, if I'm not hungering after the things of God, I'm not going to find myself satisfied with the way life's going. I'm not going to find myself satisfied with, with, with my decisions, with the things that, that's going, or even with the fruit that's in my hands. But when I hunger after the things of God, I shall be satisfied, right? We need to recognize that we need to be hungry. We need to be hungry. We can't afford to not be hungry. Why? Because, man, when I hunger after him, when I give myself solely over to him, that's where life gets better. You know, we, we talked about how there, there is a cost to hunger, right? We talked about that. But we should never fall into the lie, into the trap. You know, Brother Copeland says it this way. He said, never let anyone con you into believing that the big price to pay is being inside of the will of God. The most expensive thing on this planet is being outside of the will of God. That's where the real price is. That's where the real cost is. That's where the cost is to our mind, and we, and we can lose it. That's where the cost is to our peace, and we can lose it. If, if I begin to believe that, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want my friends to look at me weird, so I'm not going to fully hunger after the things of God. That, that's more costly than hungering after the things of God, right? 
That's more costly. Why? Because there's blessings in the in the in the peace of God. There's blessings in hungering after the things of God. We need to re- recognize I need to hunger after God more than I need to hunger after anything else. Right? I need to hunger after God more than I need to hunger after anything else because that's where the true blessing of God resides. It's in his will. It's in chasing after him. It's in recognizing the safest place for me to be on this earth is inside the will of God. But how am I going to know the will of God if I'm not actually asking him or chasing after him? Or, or or considering that will of God, right? If I'm doing everything my own and just chasing after what I think is best for me, I'm not going to be satisfied. And there's going to be a price to pay with that, right? There's going to be a price to pay. That's a lot more costly than the price that we would have to pay to hunger after him, right? But God is faithful, and God is good. He's not going to ask you to do something that will make life miserable. It might make your flesh uncomfortable at times, right? Like if, if let's say the Lord wants you to, uh, to, to kind of make your distance from someone who's not really adding any value to your life and not pointing you to Christ, right? The Lord might be leading you to do something like that. And that can be uncomfortable to your, fres- your, fres- your flesh, especially, especially if they've been like a really good friend for you for the last five or so years, right? That can be really uncomfortable for your flesh because it's like, well, what, what are they going to say? How are they going to think? Well, or, or everyone else is doing this, but my, in my flesh kind of wants to not stand out. But what does holy mean? It means you're standing out. It means you're set apart. You're, you're not like everybody else, right? And, and our flesh will tell us that's too, that's too much. That's too, that's too much. That's too expensive, right? But it's not. It's actually too expensive for you not to make those decisions to hunger after the things of God, right? Whenever I hunger after him and choose to walk in holiness, that's when I'll be satisfied. And you'll see it. I I guarantee you, you'll see it. If you're faithful to be different, (laughs) if you're willing to be different and set apart, man, five years from now, when when you graduate and everyone starts going off on their own lives and you are entering in to... And, and you have been faithful throughout middle school, throughout high school, and you've been faithful for the years after high school, and they're trying to figure everything out then at that point, they'll see that things are working out for you. They'll begin to ask questions and be like, they're, they see, recognize this. They might not, I, I'm going to be honest, I remember when I was in high school, I was a Christian. People knew I was a Christian, right? People made fun of me for being a Christian. People made fun of me like, like, because I didn't date, I didn't do those things. They said, oh, you must be gay, things like that. People made fun of me for different decisions that I made, for not cursing, for not drinking, for not doing the things that everyone else is doing. People made fun of me for that. But then after we graduated, they saw that I was consistent. And then they began to respect that. Right? Whenever I started going to Bible college, all of a sudden they, they began to respect it. No, he's faithful to his convictions. We've been kind of going in cycles and circles, and, and we've seen life just go up and down. We've seen, like, I, like I can't tell you how, I mean, I've only been out of college, uh, out of high school for, what, 10 years? No, 12 years. Interesting. For about 12 years now. And uh, I can't tell you how many people that I graduated from that, that are dead now. And a lot of them were the popular people which is really interesting to think about. You know, the people that everyone looked up to and thought were, were really neat and were really successful. A lot of them actually took their own lives. Are you hearing, are you hearing this? Like, recognize this. Th- does, that, does, that, 
But, but here's the thing. I, ha- I had multiple people come to me after I graduated, and they all honestly were, res- after I graduated high school, and they respected the fact that I was faithful all the way through high school. And they, b- they would start to ask me questions. Actually, like last year, I, I had someone, he was actually one of the more popular people who was on the football team, stuff like that. He wasn't the greatest guy. But he, he sent me a random Facebook message out of nowhere saying, hey, can you pray for me? Like, I'm really struggling. I, I don't even know if I ever had a conversation with him in high school because I, I wasn't one of the cool people, right? He reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, can you pray for me? Life's rough right now, and, and I need prayer. Like, where did this come from? Oh, he saw that I was faithful. He saw that God was in my life. And when he needed something, who did he turn to? I don't know why, but he turned to me, right? And I was able to lead him to the Lord at that point over Facebook Messenger. Like, how crazy is it? And that was like 10 years outside of high school, right? If you stay faithful, the people who are mocking you now will respect you in the future. Are you hearing that? So what, what's the cost? You know, you can cave now, and then they'll have a hard time respecting you in the future when they have a real need, or you can be faithful now. Right? Choose today. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past, but choose today. God, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to hunger after you. And you'll begin to see. Pa- Pastor Brian says it this way Love will always prove you right. So be faithful. Just be l- full of love. Be hungry after the things of God, and it'll prove you right. Recognize your need for hunger. So, number one, ask God to help move you to hunger. Number two, recognize your need for hunger. Number three, this is a, this is a good one. Stop eating and filling up on spiritual junk food. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah, right? Stop eating and filling up on spiritual junk food. What does that mean? What do you do Monday through Saturday when you're not at church? What are you filling up on? Are you? <laughs> that's a, you know, like, that's the that's a good answer. Again, like, we know the right answers, but what are we doing? What are we filling up on? What are we feasting, right? Are you, are you spending, what are you spending your free time doing, right? This is the same question. What am I filling up on? What is the music that I'm listening to? What are the movies and the TV shows that I'm watching? What, what are the video games that I'm playing? What are these things that I'm feasting on throughout the week? Am I feasting on things that are uplifting my, my spirit, or am I feasting on things that are, uh, spiritual junk food, right? Recognize this. Everything, hear this, everything is spiritual. And I'm not here to be like, I, I, I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to be here and say like everything's a demon, right? But everything I- I- is spiritual. I want you to hear that, right? Whenever you watch a movie, hold on. Whenever you watch a movie, you're receiving something spiritually, right? It's feeding your spirit. What 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 what's feeding your spirit? Like right now, as I'm preaching, I'm not just teach. I'm not just talking out of my head. And even if I'm talking out of my head, recognize that what I'm imparting to you is what I carry in my spirit. Which is why you don't just listen to any t- any preacher on YouTube, right? Right, because what I'm giving you is an impartation from what I'm carrying, right? From who I am. I know I said carrying weird, but from who I am, right? I'm I'm giving you an impartation of who I am, not just what I know. Because if I'm just giving you what I know, uh, you'll learn, you'll, you'll get some good logic, but you're not going to change, right? 
unless I'm carrying an anointing that will change your life, I can preach the best message in the world, but if it's not anointed, it's not going to change you. It might move your emotions, make you feel good inside, tickle your minds and tickle your brains and make you think, but if it's not anointed, it's not going to bring lasting change, right? Who, uh, who led worship in heaven before he was kicked out? Lucifer, right? Satan. He, was th- he led the worship team in heaven. So you think he knows a thing or two about, about music and how to uh, move people with music? Absolutely. You think he'll use that to uh, utilize music to cause people to uh, get more depressed and anxious and, and have some thoughts about suicide and some thoughts about, uh, you know, sex, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff? You think he'll try to do that? He'll try to absolutely. Recognize the music you listen to has a spiritual root. But I like the melody. Who cares? What's the spirit behind it? Not saying that you should never listen to secular music. What I am saying is, well, there's some secular music you should never listen to. I will say that. But what I am saying is this. You, what we should do is we should actually check with the Lord. God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to, is this going to f- feed me? Is this going to be just, for, you know, for, for harmless entertainment? Or, or is there a spirit behind this? Honestly, and there's a lot of, of Christian contemporary music that has a spirit that's not from God. That's just sad, emotional junk that'll make you depressed. It's not from God. If you're listening to Christian music and it makes you feel sad, it's not from God. God doesn't carry a spirit of sadness. He's a spirit of gladness. And his presence is fullness of joy, right? But but you can go to a church and they're singing I mean, at our last church, I remember there was a song that they would sing that was the worst. I am a sinner. If it's not one thing, it's another. Caught up in words, tangled in lies. Like, how is this glorifying God? Yeah. It's terrible. Full of bad confessions. Like, there's so, I remember, like, there was another song. I turned on Caleb, and there was a song playing, and, like, every line of the song was just a crappy confession, just about how bad they are. I don't remember. Yeah, th- then don't listen to it. Like, you'll recognize it. See, if you're hungering after the things of God, you'll listen to a song, you'll be like, that's not right. That's not God, right? What, when, when people, you know, when, when bankers, right, do they spend a lot of time studying counterfeit bills to know if it's real or not? No. Bankers. Bankers, right? No, they spend so much time getting familiar with the real thing that when a counterfeit comes into their hand, they instantly recognize it. Now, they might have a little bit of study on it, but they spend more of the time handling the fake, the, the real stuff that when the fake stuff comes in their hands, they instantly recognize it, right? We should be so hungry after God that if something comes to us and it's, a f- and it's fraudulent, claiming to be God, we'll recognize it easily, right? They'll recognize it easily. They'll recognize it quickly. And we should be able to recognize that, right? I remember there was one Sunday service, like, we, we were singing, Sing a little louder. And people are like shouting and praising. But there was one person that was screaming. You might remember this service. They were shouting pretty loud. But, but in your spirit, you can recognize that's not, that's not God. You could recognize it. It was, disturbing the, it was disturbing to the spirit and it was disturbing to the atmosphere. It wasn't glorifying God. And we could recognize it. And honestly, we told her to stop. She didn't want to, so she left, right? And actually, there was, there was a, a man who invited her who was actually growing in the things of God. And she probably then began to feed him lies, and we never saw him again after that. 
right? Yes. Okay. But are, are you recognizing this? Do you, do you hear this? See, if I'm so familiar with the true things of God, now I'll, l- l- let me clarify this and let me say this, right? Because it can sound weird to kind of hinder someone from being able to proclaim and sc- scream if they think what they're doing is right. Not all the time, because sometimes it's it can be a demonic thing that's trying to manifest itself as God. I remember hearing a story of Kenneth Hagin. He was in a church, and uh, and uh, it was like a Wednesday night service, and he was just sitting there, and a woman stood up in the in the in the crowd, and she says, "I am a prophet, and the Lord told me to come here and to preach a message to you." And to, to declare a specific word that the Lord gave me. Now, does that sound wrong and evil and wicked? Not necessarily. But then, you ha- but then there was an old lady who stood up in the front row, turned around and said, no, you're a prostitute. And you came here with your pimp, and you told him that you would tell us that you're a, that, and she began to say the whole conversation that they had. And you said you were going to try to take up an offering and swindle us from our money. You're not, a, you're not a prophet. You're a prostitute. If you don't leave now, you're going to die. And then she, she and the guy that came with her turned around and booked it out of, the, out of the, that place. What's that called? That's the discerning of spirits. That's a spiritual gift, right? She, began, she recognized it. Now, that's a little uncomfortable, right? Like that's a pretty interesting church service, right? But, but here's the thing. If I'm not fully hungry after the things of God and in fellowship with him, I could hear something like that and be like, yeah, sure, that's God. Here, come and impart what you have to us. If, she, if that lady went to any church that didn't have anyone flowing in the, in the spirit, she could have swindled them all. Yeah. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not spiritual mind reading, but it's a gift called the discerning of spirits. Basically, how do you get it? Baptize in the Holy Ghost and just believe him. Yeah, hunger. There you go. Hunger after the things of God. Hunger after the things of God. See, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's no way in the natural logic that she would be able to know that. But the Lord showed her. The Lord revealed it to her because she was hungry. She was able to recognize the counterfeit, right? She was in so much fellowship with God that God was able to call that out before it, before it destroyed people, right? Again, that's why you don't just listen to, to any uh, Christian influencer on social media, right? You don't know what spirit they're of, right? A lot of Christian influencers are influencers because they just spend their time just kind of bad-mouthing other Christian influencers or other preachers or things like that. That's not really necessarily the way to go. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, Right? But but this is why we need to, well, I'm hoping that this is helping you recognize your need for hunger, right? I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm not saying this so that you can kind of be afraid of, like, what am I doing what wrong? What am I, is there anything that I'm doing in my life? Or is, this, or is there anyone I'm listening to or anything that I'm uh, doing that's, that's actually from the devil? Like, I, I don't want to do that. I, you're not supposed to get in fear. What, what, you, what the, the purpose of this message is to get you hungry, right? And if you have any questions, ask. Ask, ask us. Hey, I've been listening to this person. I've been listening to this kind of music. What do you think about it, right? Uh, hey, like this new song or this new album came out. What do you think about it, right? I remember when Kanye's new album came out. I listened to the whole thing, and I was checking my spirit. Lord, is this right or is this not right, right? I was doing that, right, because I knew a lot of people were going to be listening to it, especially when his other new album came out, right? Uh, you know, what Jesus is King, something like that. Jesus is King. Then the last one was Donda, right? And so, and so, 
you know, when that first one came out, a lot of people were listening to it now, right? When the second one came out, I started listening to it, and I was checking my spirit. Lord, is this of you or is it not of you? And then there were, there were parts of it that I was like, I don't know, Lord. And so what did I do? I asked my pastors. I was like, pastors, what do you think about this, this album? Like, and if you don't want to listen to it, like, like, these are some things that I've heard and some things that I thought were kind of interesting, right? And I, I reached out to him. I don't remember what his response was. But, you know, um, but, but, but I was asking him those questions, right? If, you, if, you, if you're like, hey, I, I need help. I don't know if this is Lord or not. This game that I play, I don't know if it's Lord or not, right? A lot of that stuff. Recognize, you, especially as VR is coming around, like it can, we're, we're getting into a place where it can be really easy to receive a demon, right? Because you're looking, r- recognize this, hear this. Like th- you're making decisions as you're playing video games. You're making those decisions, right? You're, your character is not making the decisions, you're making the decisions, right? So I can be, I can be playing a video game, and I can be just kind of walking into to this tomb, and all of a sudden, this, w- this wisp comes up to me, this ghost comes up to me, starts talking to me, and says, hey, I want to I wanna, I wanna empower you, you know, so that you can go and take on this troll that's further down. Okay, yes. You're making the decision in that point. There can be spiritual things that are, that are happening as you're playing those video games. Recognize that. It's not, now, recognize that. See, my whole perspective on video games has shifted at this point, right? Like, I've played video games where I was a part of assassins uh, groups and, like, you know, doing all those things. I've played those video games a lot, right? The question is this, especially when it gets into VR and it becomes, like, almost real real life, right? You can receive things if you're not checking your spirit. Again, this is why you ask questions. Don't just play whatever you want to play. Ask questions. Now, now, Ask your pastor. Ask me. Whatever. Like, if pastor is good with it, cool. I'm good with it too, right? Not not all of those things have a demonic root, but some of them do, which is why we need to be hungry, why we need to ask questions, right? Why need to why we need to be willing to check things, not just oh look this new video game's out it sounds fun. Same thing with music. Same thing with movies. Like pastors talked about, like how he's watched you know movies and all of a sudden he recognized. There something spiritual happened, and, and he had to work to break that off, right? I've, I've had to do that, right? Like, there's music that we can listen to, right? Like, th- you, you recognize this, and I know I've talked about this before, but, like, there's music, like, when you're feeling depressed, there's music you can listen to that'll kind of help feed that depression, right? Never mind, I'll find someone like you. you know, right? Like, I'm not saying Adele is evil. What I'm saying is... If I'm feeding my depression, I'm never going to overcome it. If I'm feeding anxiety with music that just gets me riled up, I'm not going to overcome it. What I need to do, what I need to do is seek the Lord so that I can actually overcome it, right? So I can overcome it. Here, I'll address those later, okay? Um, Actually, yes. I think parts of it are very, very questionable, especially when, you know, he's chanting his dead mother's name. That's, That's questionable. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That that's the first song of that new album is them chanting his dead mom's name. So it's a little it's a little yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of gone on an interesting path. He's not submitting, and that's that's the thing. He he needs a pastor, and he needs to submit himself to a pastor and get over that pride. But yeah, but but guys, I want you to like. Are are you hearing this though? You know, are you are you recognizing that it's important for us to be intentional about the things that we're listening to? It's intent. We need to be intentional about the video games that we play, right? Y- you know where serial killers come from? They th- they they think one day. I wonder what would happen if I kind of steered off the road and hit that person or what what would happen if I like if I did xyz right now I'm not saying like honestly we've probably all thought that at one point (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being real for a second right like what would happen if I just scared just just scared them right no but um but here's the thing where where serial killers start though is that they don't take that thought captive and then they continue what would happen? How would I hide the, bu- like, you know, they begin to take that thought and they meditate on it, right? They begin to think on it. They begin to, to think on it a little bit more obsessively. They don't take that thought captive and they just continue to think on it, think on it, think on it, to the point where they begin to kind of start taking actions on it. Not, not, not full out murder, but, you know, they, they begin to take some actions on it or, or they begin to kind of play it out in, in video games or whatever, right? That's where it begins, Right? So it's not like if if that thought enters into my head suddenly I'm a serial killer. No, it's it's am I going to check that and be like, "No, that's stupid." Like I'm not going to meditate on that anymore, right? Like that's that's the difference. And that but that's again part of the th- the things when it comes to video games is a lot of times we're thinking through these 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 processes. What would I do in this situation, right? We need to be intentional with those things. Stop eating and filling up on spiritual junk food. Can you say amen? I'm giving you guys a lot of stuff to think about, aren't I? All right, step number, that, that was step number three, but step number four, get around hungry people. Get around hungry people. If you want to get hungry, surround yourself with hungry people, people that will challenge you to get hungrier for God, people that will challenge you to, to, to seek after him with all your heart, right? When you surround yourself with hungry people, uh, it's going to draw you, again, to that decision point. The more I'm around these hungry people, the more that, honestly, the things that I've been doing that have been hindering or the spiritual junk food, you know, that I might have been eating, the more I'm around. How about, like, this service as I'm, like, bringing up all these things, right? You made the decision to come here, to surround yourself with hungry people. And what's it doing? It's kind of shining a light on some things, right? And and it's forcing you to make a decision, right? Either I'm going to hunger after him or I'm not going to hunger after him. But you'll never be brought to that decision point if you're around lukewarm people. That's why it's important to come to church, and, and to, that's why it's important to, to, to come and to be a part of this and to let the Lord kind of do, do his thing, right? Doesn't the Bible say in um, Hebrews 6, 12, uh, to be imitators and to follow those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises? So if I want to get to a place of hunger, I need to follow hungry people. I need to surround myself with hungry people. I, I need to do whatever I can to be in their proximity and see how they operate and just see that hunger that's on them and also see the fruit of their hunger because then it will draw me to a new place of hunger, right? So number one, ask God to help move you to hunger. Number two, recognize your need for hunger. Number three, stop eating and filling up on spiritual junk food. Number four, get around hungry people. Number five, get eternity-minded. Think about eternity. How often do we think about eternity? 
How often do we think about the reality that the decisions I make directly affect my eternity? Not just now. A lot, see, that a lot of times we think, well, you know, if I do this one thing, it's not going to be a big deal. It's only going to affect me. No, it'll, it'll affect your eternity if you have that mindset and if you don't check that, right? Right? I have an eternity ahead of me, and also everyone around me has an eternity ahead of him. What witnesses am I, am I making for them? Recognize no decision just affects you. That's a lie. Well, no, you know, it, it, it just affects my life. No, it doesn't. It affects your life. affects your parents' life. It affects your siblings' life. It affects your future children's life. No decision just affects you. Right? But when I'm eternity-minded, I stop thinking in that aspect of it. I start thinking, how will this benefit those around me? Because I want them to spend eternity in heaven. So how do the decisions I make, how does the hunger, the level of hunger that I carry now affect those around me? That's what e- an eternity-minded person would begin to think, right? Number six, focus on the difference between God's normal and what you've seen so far. Jesus said, pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We need to, we need to ask ourselves, how much like Christ does my life look like? Right? If I'm comparing my life to the other people at my school, I'm not going to get hungry because I'm going to think, you know what, I'm doing good compared to them. Right? Compared to them, my life is good. Compared to them, I'm pretty hungry after the things of God. I mean, at least I go to church on Sundays. Right? If I'm comparing myself to people, I'm not going to hunger that much. Honestly, if I compare myself to hungry people, I can get to a certain level but really not hunger that much either. But if I'm comparing myself to Christ on this earth who said, that greater works than I do, these you shall do, right? Didn't Jesus say that? The works I do, you'll do, and even greater works than these. So let me ask myself, am I doing the works of Jesus? Is my life normal to God, right? Because Jesus' life is normal. That should be normal for the believers. Now, am I walking at that level? Absolutely not, which means I need to hunger more. I need to come after him more because I want my life to look like Christ, right? Now, the question is, and this will get you hungry, because if Jesus said that this is available, what's stopping me from chasing after it, right? What's stopping me from chasing after it? If Jesus said it's available to me, I want to give my all to do it. But we need to challenge ourselves. Am I living in heaven's normal? And if I'm not, well, let me chase after it. Let me hunger after it to see it manifesting in my life. Not let me beat myself up. Oh, I'm such a bad Christian because I'm not walking in the fullness of Jesus. no. Just hunger after him, and you'll take those steps, and it'll get better and brighter and brighter, and you'll become to look more and more like Christ. Amen? All right, final point, fast and pray. If you want to get hungry after God, fast and pray. Doesn't mean you, like I know a lot of you are teenagers, you're developing, you're growing, so, so not all of you should just not eat. But there, there are ways that you can fast. You can do six to six, right? There are, there are things that you can do. Cut out sugar, whatever. There are things you can do to submit your flesh. Honestly, and w- more often than not, it's good for it, for it to be something food-related because fasting literally means to cover the mouth. Because whenever your body is hungry, it kind of reveals to you how you should be hungry after the things of God. But at the same time, the, pur- the purpose of fasting is not to just get hungry. The purpose of fasting is to crucify your flesh 
and, and recognize, I didn't just say fast, I said fast and pray. If you're fasting without praying, you're just starving yourself, which is not good, right? A lot of times, like we're fasting and ju- just to ignore the hunger that we feel, we distract ourselves, right? No, we should uh, pray, right? Why? Because the purpose of fasting is to submit my flesh and then to get in tune with the Spirit of God and seek after him with all of me. God, I want you. I need you. I have to have you. That's the purpose of fasting because as I submit my flesh, my spirit man becomes stronger and it becomes louder and it begins to, and, it, and, and the connection in fellowship with the Holy Ghost becomes stronger and that will lead me into, in, into new levels of hunger. So here's my point, Steve. One, ask God. How, how do I get hungry for God? One, ask God to help move you to hunger. Two, recognize your need for hunger. Three, stop eating and filling up on spiritual junk food. Four, get around hungry people. Five, get eternity-minded. Six, focus on the difference between God's normal and what you've seen so far. And seven, fast and pray. Man, we want we want to be hungry, right? We want to. I know we I know we we would all like to be hungry for the things of God. I just gave you seven keys to help lead you to that place of hunger. Question is this. You're welcome. Question is this. We gonna do it? Good. Yeah. Good, right? Th- that's the real question we need to ask ourselves. Because if I'm just going to come here and preach a message and give you some keys on how you can uh, get to that place of hunger, and you're going to go home and just do everything the way you've always done it in the first place, what's the point? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I- it's, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but he- he- here's what I want to encourage you to do. You don't need to go home, take this list, and be like, all right, I need to do all these things perfectly. Just ask God, God, what's one thing on this, on this list that, that I should give myself to, right? What's one thing on, my, on this list that, that, I, that, that, I should, that you should highlight? And just begin to take it one step at a time. Don't just try to dive all into it. Just take it one step at a time. Be in fellowship with the Lord. Ask God to help you. He'll show you the things that you need to do. It's not all, it's not all on you. You have a responsibility to the hunger, but when you, when you take it to God, now you can partner with him. He'll guide you. He'll, give you. he'll give you direction. He'll begin to remind you some of the things that I said in this message that might not even be in your notes, right? He'll begin to help you. He'll begin to lead you. He'll say, hey, this, this one thing that, that you've been doing, I want you to, to kind of tweak it and do it this way. Hey, the, the, this one show you've been watching, I don't think you should be watching that anymore, right? He'll begin to give you wisdom. And as you make the decision, okay, God, I'm going to hung after you more than the fact that the season finale of this show is next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to hunger after you more than just having the closure of knowing what it is because it could very well be that that season finale is going to be the very thing that wrecks you, right? Like, like what's, what's the Lord telling you to do? Be led. <laughs> What's God writing in your heart, right? What's God showing you to do? Get into fellowship with him. Hunger after him and ask him to help you, and he'll help you. So close your eyes. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for helping us. God, we receive your help right now. God, thank you for stirring us and leading us to that place of hunger. And God, as we go move to that place of hunger, I thank you, Lord. 
for helping us. Will you receive your help? Now. Just lift your hands and say this. Lord, I receive your help. Now. Help lead me to that place of hunger. Show me the things in my life that are not of you. And empower me to throw those things aside and to hunger after you with all that I am. I'll receive it. I have it. I have help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive that help?